Old People's Church, welcome to the beginning of our new series, Revolution Christmas. I think they sound better than the Beatles. Wasn't that awesome? Tell them again. That was great stuff. Awesome. Really, really uh, appreciate it. What an honor to be with you again. I always enjoy that time on my calendar when I can look at it and say I get to come back by and be a part of what God's doing here at uh, People's Church. Just appreciate you so much. Thank God for all the souls that are being saved. I follow you on the web and just hear great reports. Isn't God doing good things at People's Church? Amen. Just good things going on. Let me also take a minute before you get into my talk today and just... Say how much I appreciate your pastor. I hope he's enjoying his rest. We pray God's blessing upon him and his family. And uh, just, I know you know you're blessed with a great leader at this church, don't you? Pastor Herbert Cooper, amen. Just a great leader and just to really appreciate it. Would you do me a favor, though? If he appears on that screen again behind me, would you let me know? That might scare me just a little bit, all right? I don't want him to start talking over my head here just a little bit. All you need is love. That was the title of the song. That's going to be the title of my talk today. Now, when you hear that title, All You Need Is Love, I I don't know if it does for you what it does for me, but immediately it's like antennas go up, you know, out of my head. Because when somebody says to me, all you need, well, that gets my attention, you know. And then when they say, all you need is love, well, because here's the reason. You see, we all have different needs here today. We all need different things. We take those needs and then we would prioritize them. You know, this is what I need the most, and this, this, then this, and then this. And then we all, we all have different views of love, what, what love re- really is. Let's talk about needs first, because if you start opening this up and say, you know, we, we, we've all got needs. And if in this experience everybody was to stand up, you'd share a, a different need that, that you might have. We all need different things. We all think different needs are more important. Like some people in America today would say, you know, uh, we, we need the stock market to turn around. That, that's what we need. You know, uh, other people say, you know, we need the unemployment rate to fall. That's what we need. Some of you just sitting there thinking, you know what, I just need my husband to act right. Amen. That's a, I do, we, we just need different. Some of you sitting there thinking, you know what? I need more money. If I just had more money, that'd solve all my problems. Let me just make sure I'm speaking to the right crowd today. How many could use an extra million dollars today? Just raise your hand, would you? All right. For those of you that did not raise your hand, we'd like another offering from you today. (laughs) And then the truth of the matter is, you know, since we're all at different places, you know, in our life, Maybe the single person would, would come today and say, you know what, all I need is to get married. It's always amazed me in my travels, and I've done a lot of singles conferences and speaking at different ministry events, and it's always amazed me when single people would come up to me and say, you know what, Lynn, if I could just get married, all my problems would be solved. Help us, Jesus. And all the married people said, amen, that's right. I'm going to tell you, that doesn't solve you. You don't have problems because you're single. You have problems because you're a person. You know, we've all got problems. We all got needs. We, we all fall different levels of needs. And we all would prioritize those differently. And, th- and then we start thinking about love. We all have a different view on love. You know, maybe the teenager that's going through puppy love right now, they feel the butterflies in their belly. And they think that 
Every time they feel those butterflies, that's love. How many know love is more than butterflies in your belly today? It's just not quite. And and for the 16-year-old, you know, out on that first date, pulls up to the stop sign. Palms are sweaty. He's in love, got butterflies in his belly. And, you know, for the 16-year-old that pulls up to that stop sign and really believes S-T-O-P stands for smooch till others pass. It's just all different. Oh, don't look at me that way. You'll, look, you'll use that tomorrow. I know you will. Amen. It, it just loves, it, it's all different to, to all of us. We, we have a different view because, you see, perhaps there's that person that's here today that somebody told you they loved you, then they walked out of your life. They deceived you. They were dishonest with you. And, and you, you might be sitting there thinking right now, you know what, if that's what love is, I don't want any part of it today. You see, we all have different views on love. We all have different views on what we need. And then there's that way that we use the word love. We seem to throw it around quite freely. No. I love Colorado. I love pizza. I love my dog. I love you, honey. Well, you don't love your dog like you love your honey. Or we need to pray for you today. One of the... And just for those of us from Oklahoma, I, I, let, let me just throw this one in. Let me just warn you, this next statement's real anointed. It's real. Are you ready? I love Brahms. Hallelujah. Oh, oh, oh. I, I'm going to tell you, not only do I love Brahms, my car loves Brahms. Now you're sitting there thinking, that car's an inanimate object, Lynn. That car can't love. Then how come every time my car drives by Brahms, it pulls in? Now I want you to... I want you to answer that for me. I try to keep it out. I'm telling you, it just pulls in. See, how many believe I'm anointed right now? We love Brahms in this place. That's right. Some of you hungry right now. In my talk today, I, I can come before you and say to you with full confidence, all you need is love. Here's why. Because the Bible tells us in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 16, Listen to these words. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. Friends, would you focus on the middle part of what we just read there? God is love. All we need is love. God is love. All we need is God today. Now, I know you said that, Lynn, I need a lot of things. It's hard for my mind just to pull right to that one thing and say, you know, it's just God that I need. Well, well, listen to what Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33 tells us in the Word of God. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. You, You see... I believe the Word of God's telling us that if we seek first the kingdom of God, God's going to take care of everything else. So, People's Church, would you agree with me today? We need God more than we need anything in this place today. God is love. All we need is love. We need God. And if we focus on God and we get with God, I promise you everything else is going to be taken care of. 
the Reverend Billy Graham went for a walk one day with his, at that time, eight-year-old daughter. He decided to take her on a walk up a mountain. They get up to the top of the mountain and Reverend Billy Graham, standing there with his eight-year-old daughter, is just so overwhelmed by the beauty and by the scenery. And so he says to his little girl, he said, honey, look in that direction. As far as you can see that way, that's how much God loves you. And then he said to his little girl, look that way. As far as you can see in that direction, that's how much God loves you. And then he turned that way and that way and pointing in all four directions. Reverend Graham says to his little girl, honey, just as far as you can see in every single direction, that's how much God loves you. With her little eight-year-old mind working, Reverend Graham's little girl looked up at him and said, Daddy, does that mean then that we're standing right in the middle of God's love? Can I tell you today at People's Church, that's exactly what that means. We're right in the middle of God's love. I, I can tell you that my prayer today is the same as the Apostle Paul when he said in Ephesians, Chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. He said these words, And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints, watch this, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. My prayer for you is, before you exit this worship experience today, that you will be able to grasp the depth, the height, and the breadth of the love of God. Because I want you to know, friend, we're all in the middle of God's love right now. Five things I want you to know about God's love. Number one, let's look at this. You see, I believe God's love produces joy. God's love produces joy. John chapter 15, verses 9 through 11 says this. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in me. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love. Just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in His love. Now watch this, friends. Then it went on to say, I have told you this. So that my joy, everybody say joy, so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. You see what the Lord's saying to us today? Remain in my love so that my joy can be in you and your joy can be complete. I don't know about you, but I could use a little more joy in my life today. You see, I think everybody and God's love produces joy in our lives. Now, I, I want to tell you this. There's a difference between happiness and joy. There's a difference. A lot of things make me unhappy. I'm unhappy when the Sooners lose. However, today I have nothing to worry about. Hallelujah. I get unhappy when somebody cuts me off in traffic. 
you folks are holy, aren't you? I can tell. So, a lot of things make me unhappy. But the things that make me unhappy do not take away the joy of Jesus that is way down deep in my spirit. Nothing or nobody can take away the joy of Jesus Christ in me. God's love produces joy in me. Now, I want you to know this, friend, that you can look around this experience right now. And you can see people that are smiling, that are happy. You, you can see folks that, you know, during worship they had their hands up and they were just going after God. And, you know, we smiling and we happy. And I want you to know this. Those of us that are acting that way aren't acting that way because everything's perfect in our life. It's not. We got problems, we got deals, we got issues, but we also know this in the midst of it all, there is still joy unspeakable and full of glory still down inside. Because God's love produces joy in me. And Nehemiah chapter 8, verse number 10 says, It's that joy of the Lord that is my strength. You see, that's going to help me today and going to help me get out of bed tomorrow. Now, now keep smiling, both of you that are. Amen. Because some people are never going to be happy. You can't make them happy. Have you ever noticed that? All of your efforts, everything you do, some people just aren't going to. You encourage, they discourage. You compliment, they criticize. You build up, they tear down. Has anybody but me ever wanted to slap somebody in the name of Jesus? Come on now. My Lord. You just want to say, give me a break. Chill out. They can't ever. How many know somebody like that? You just can't. Don't point now, folks. Raise your hand. Amen. Just some people, you're just not ever going to make them happy. It was Mark Twain that said, and I love this quote, Some people spread joy wherever they go. Other people spread joy whenever they go. Amen. I'm not even looking up on that one, friends. Amen. God's love produces joy. Number two, I want you to know that God's love develops a winner's mentality. A winner's mentality. Romans chapter 8, verses 35 through 37 says this, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? And as it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No. Everybody shout No. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Now watch this. Through him who loved us, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Can I tell you today? You're a winner. Every Christ follower, God's love develops a winner's mentality in us. You're not just a conqueror. You're more than a conqueror in this place today. 
I know you got battles. I know you got things. I know you got stuff that, that, that's going on. And, and I know the enemy would try to come uh, against us. But in the midst of the battle, just remember, at the end, you win. Because God's love develops a winner's mentality in me. So I might be fighting the battle, but I'm fighting it with full confidence, knowing that I'm going to win, not because of me, but because of the love of God that's being displayed in my life, you see. One of the battles the enemy seems to use this time of year, it's the holidays, worry, depression. It's a known fact that more suicides happen this time of year than any other time of year. Sometimes that worry, you know what, there's not going to be as many presents this year. Christmas is not going to be as good as it's been in the past. How are we going to pay the bill? Sometimes that worry, the enemy uses that against you. Maybe you're attending this experience today and you're dealing with that. Every night when you put your head on the pillow, you're worried about something. It affects your sleep. Maybe even every night you cry yourself to sleep. I don't know where you're at with this, but I do know this. The love of God is powerful enough to cause that claw of worry that has a hold on your mind to loosen its grip in Jesus' name. Can I tell you, God loves you, and you're a winner today in Jesus' name. And you're going to win that battle, praise the Lord, because you are a winner. Number three, God's love is demonstrated to us. God's love is demonstrated to us. Perhaps this is a familiar verse, but John 3.16 says this. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Somebody taught me this a long time ago. Maybe it would just help you. Familiar verse. But in there are lodged these three things. It's easy to memorize. The fact, the act, and the pact. Maybe this will help you. You see, the fact is, for God so loved the world. The act is, He gave His one and only Son. The pact is this, that whoever believes in Him will not perish, but have eternal life. You see, God's love is demonstrated to us, friend, because He gave His only Son so that you and I could have eternal life. How many at People's Church today are glad he did? I'm glad he did today. It's demonstrated to us. See, he just didn't talk the talk. He demonstrated that to us. I came across a great story about a son demonstrating his love to his father. It makes me smile. It's not long. Please bear with me. It's called Help in the Garden. An old Italian lived alone in New Jersey. He wanted to plant his annual tomato garden, but it was very difficult work as the ground was hard. His only son, Vincent, who used to help him, was in prison. The old man wrote a letter to his son and described his predicament. Dear Vincent, I'm feeling pretty sad because it looks like I won't be able to plant my tomato garden this year. I'm just getting too old to be digging up a garden plot. I know if you were here, my troubles would be over. I know you'd be happy to dig up the ground for me, just like in the old days. 
love Papa. A few days later, the father received a letter from his son. Dear Pop, don't dig up that garden. That's where the bodies are buried. Love, Vinny. At 4 a.m. the next morning, FBI agents and local police arrived. They dug up the entire area without finding any bodies. They apologized to the old man and left. The same day, the man received another letter from his son. Dear Pop, go ahead and plant the tomatoes now. That's the best I could do under the circumstances. Love, Vinny. Whatever it takes, folks. Whatever it takes, that's what I'm saying. What a great way to demonstrate your love to your dad. Thank God that his love is demonstrated to us. Let's move to number four. They're very similar, but yet different. Number four, God's love is demonstrated through us. Through us. Now, point number three was God's love is demonstrated to us. But point four, God's love is demonstrated through us. First John chapter 3, verses 18 through 20 says this. Dear, dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. This then is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in His presence whenever our hearts condemn us. Listen to the next line, friends. For God is greater than our hearts, and He knows everything. You see, God's love is demonstrated through us. You see what the Word of God said? Don't just talk the talk, walk the walk, you see. Don't, don't just love with words, but with actions and with truth. One of the parts of our ministry is that we do church planning in the country of Ukraine. Since the year 2000, we've been going regularly as missionary evangelists to that country and planting churches there. I have a pastor friend in the country of Ukraine. His name is Pastor Grigori. He pastors in a town called Krivirog, Ukraine. Pastor Grigori and I have partnered together in ministry on a number of occasions. He shared this story one time when I was in Ukraine. One day, Pastor Grigori and his wife, Galina, were just sitting in their Ukrainian apartment reading when all of a sudden three men burst through the door, tore it down, and at gunpoint began to rob them. Two of the three men pushed Pastor Grigori and his wife, Galina, into the corner and held a gun to their head, while the other man went through their apartment, taking whatever he felt was of value. While they were hovered down in the corner, all Pastor Grigori and his wife would say was, Help us, Jesus. Help us, Jesus. Help us, Jesus. While two men held the guns to their head and the other man helped himself to their belongings, they hovered there for several minutes. Help us, Jesus. Help us, Jesus. After a couple of minutes and once 
the man was satisfied that he had gathered everything in their apartment of value that he wanted. They pushed Pastor Gregory and his wife into the floor and left. Fast forward two weeks later. Pastor Gregory and his wife again are sitting in their apartment reading. This night, there's a knock on the door. Pastor Gregory went and looked through the peephole. He saw a man and a woman whom he did not recognize. He opened the door. The young man began to speak. Sir, my name is Nikolai, and I'm one of the three men that came and robbed you a couple of weeks ago. And I've just come because during the whole time I could hear you and your wife Say, help us, Jesus. Help us, Jesus. Help us, Jesus. Help us, Jesus. Sir, my girlfriend is pregnant. And the doctor has told us that there's some grave complications with the baby. It could be born with some real problems. And it could endanger my girlfriend's life. To give birth to this child. And I just came back here today, sir, to ask you if you think that Jesus could help us. You know, there's a lot of different reactions that we might have to that. But remember, God's love is not only demonstrated to us, it's demonstrated through us. Pastor Gregory said, please, come in. He sat down, Nikolai and his girlfriend, and began to talk to them about this Jesus. In just a few minutes, they both accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Then they had special prayer for the health of the lady and the baby. Just a month or so later, the baby was born healthy with no problems throughout the delivery. I'm talking about God's love being demonstrated through us. He brought in Nikolai, the young man that just two weeks ago had robbed him at gunpoint, began to disciple him and train him in the ways of ministry. And today, Nikolai is one of the best workers that Pastor Gregory has there in Creevy Rogue. I'm going to tell you, it's a great thing when God's love, friend, is demonstrated through us. It's life changing, ladies and gentlemen. When we let God flow through us and not what we want to do. Oh, come on, somebody. Not what. Sometimes we don't want to do what's right. But when God's love is demonstrated through us, you see, it changes everything. Number five. I also want you to know this, my final thought today. God's love cannot be taken away from me. Oh, praise God. God's love cannot be taken away from me. Romans chapter 8, verse 39 says this, Neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Lynn, you don't know what I've done. 
Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Lynn, you don't know my past. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Lynn, you don't know what's going on in my life. Nothing or nobody can separate us from the love of God. God's love cannot be taken away from us, ladies and gentlemen. He loves us with an everlasting love. There's a small group leader one time who was trying to hammer this point home that I'm trying to make to you in my talk today. He was before the small group leading and he was talking about this verse that says nothing can separate us from the love of God. And so he says to him, one gentleman there, he said, sir, how much money could I give you to get you to quit loving your wife? Well, of course, there's no amount of money. You know, I'm not going to quit loving my wife. So he says to one of the ladies in the small group, said, how, how much money can I give you for you to quit loving your kids? Well, nothing. No amount of money. Even if I said it, it wouldn't be true because I'm going to love my kids. While he's trying to bring the point home, you know, nothing can separate us from the love of God. He's really hammering it in and trying to make his point. He's feeling pretty good about the point that he's making in the small group setting. And all of a sudden, he sees a little boy that's sitting there. And up until this point, he's been sitting there very quietly. He's about five years old, and he raised his hand. Well, the small group leader thought, boy, this is great. Even this five-year-old's getting what I'm talking about today. So he acknowledged him. He said, yeah, little fella, do you have something you'd like to say? He said, yeah, mister. I was just wondering, how much money would you pay me to quit loving my big brother? Amen. Hey. Amen. I guess it's all perspective, friends, when we take a look at it that way. The truth of the matter is, nothing can separate us from the love of God. No experience, no person can separate us. I want to tell you, God loves you today. As I come to the conclusion of my talk to you today, I want you to feel like you're right in the middle of God's love. You, you might not have all the money you want for all those presents, and it, it might even be a, a lot of worry on you today, but I want to tell you, God loves you today. You might feel helpless, you might feel hopeless, but... I want to tell you, God loves you today. The creator of the universe loves you, friend. The the God that spoke into nothing and created something loves you today. God is love, and all we need is love. Heavenly Father, thank you that nothing can separate us from your love.